Welcome to the gym series. For today's episode, I am thrilled to welcome my co-host, Nahid Farzad. She is a customer success executive responsible for reinventing the customer experience here at Rocket Level, and she's amazing at it. Nahid will be interviewing our guest, Charlene Zeroal. Charlene is a sustainable wardrobe stylist based in Los Angeles. She was born and raised in France and moved to the USA in 2010. In 2013, she left her marketing career to combine the two passions she had, people and styling. Today, she's dedicated to helping women look and feel their best with the fundamentals of personal styling while focusing on a more conscious approach to fashion consumption. Over the last nine years, she has helped many women of all silhouettes and life stages, each with unique needs and tastes. She has seen firsthand what a boost personal styling can be for self-image and confidence. Through her conscious styling process, she coaches her clients on how to shop less and shop better. From learning to shop their closet first to the importance of wearing natural fabrics and the sustainable alternatives to fast fashion, the styling experiences she offers are all about bringing changes into the American wardrobes and making a positive impact on the environment. She's also an ambassador for Remake, a community of fashion lovers, women rights advocates, environmentalists, and IG influencers with a mission to change the fashion industry's harmful practices on people and our planet through education, advocacy, and transparency. I know we all need this. I'm so thrilled to start this podcast. Enjoy. Hey, Charlene, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's so great having you on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Perfect. So let's kind of just dive into, you know, your story. So, yeah, I guess I kind of like to just go in in order of like where your story begins. So I, I did a little bit of research on you. I looked at, you know, your Instagram and, and your website and things like that. Um, and, and I got a little bit of background, um, you know, from our team over here. So I know that that you were in a marketing position for a while um, and you left your job, I think, 2013, right? 2013. Yes, correct. Okay. Yes. So, so do you want to just tell me a little bit about, you know, what, what, you know, kind of inspired you to kind of take that leap into business for yourself and, and, you know, how, how that kind of transition went for you? Yes. So, you know, I have a master in marketing and sales. Um, so before I actually moved from Paris to Atlanta 11 years okay. ago. So before moving, I um, used to work for as a brand and product manager for a few different companies. Mm -hmm. And then I moved to Atlanta. I started working for experiential marketing companies and then I did some media buying. And before leaving my marketing career, I, di I did a little bit of work for a non-for-profit for mental health. Oh, wow. And, um, and yes, I think for, you know, moving from France to the U.S. has been like a big challenge, but it really, I think U.S. is the best country to become an entrepreneur. So I've always been the go-to person, you know, to help friends and family pick a dress for a special occasion or, you know, like going to the closet to do, to do a little bit of cleaning. And after moving to the U.S., I had a few friends who told me, you know, Shalin, you have a gift. You should, you should, you know, start your own business. And at the beginning, I was scared. I was like, oh, no, you know, I am not an entrepreneur. This is not, I, I cannot do it. I think this is the imposter syndrome kind of. 
And I, I started with friends, friends of friends. I have to say I faked it until I made it. And I, had, I started with a few clients and then I did a few workshops on how to look professional. And uh, yes, here, here I am today. Yeah, I mean, I would love to dive a little bit deeper into, you know, maybe what was, I guess, what was scaring you the most about going out on your own and your own business? What do you think it was that was really holding you back and caused a lot of that imposter syndrome? Because I'm sure a lot of people will relate to that. Yes, I think it's just the the unknown, you know, what... Yeah. Um, I always work for corporate, so I had goals setting up by my boss or by the company, mm -hmm. and you use your marketing skills and your marketing background to achieve those goals, um, and this is the way to do it. Becoming an entrepreneur, it's not exactly the way the way it works. Like it's, um, you have to do everything, like from marketing to sales to finance and mm -hmm. it's a lot of work like when before starting it looks like a gigantic mountain and then you start getting you know started you know working and creating and and thinking and more you do less scary it is and yeah. um, I think at the beginning I didn't have a very clear understanding of what I could do and um, what was my vision mm -hmm. um, but again you know, you need to go for it. And I think, uh, yeah, more, and, you know, months after months and clients after clients and experiences after experiences, yeah. successful or not, um, you are getting better at what you are doing. You are getting this expertise you didn't have before. You're also building your confidence and um, you are growing. And, um, and yes, this is how you become an entrepreneur. Yeah. Do you remember, uh, I wonder, like what, when you started this, what your kind of first goal was? Like if you were to say like, oh, if I get three clients a month, like I've made it. Like, do you remember kind of what that was when you started? Well, I think my first goal was to get my first clients, you know, for sure. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, like just the first client. And I remember, you know, I decided, you know, when my friend told me, oh, you should go, you should go for it. You should start your own business. I was okay. Yes, let's do it. And then I remember going to this party and my friend introduced me to another friend saying, hey, this is Charlene. She's a, a stylist. And this woman was like, you know what? I am about to start a new job. Uh, I really need to hire a stylist. Please give me your business card. And I didn't have a business card. So I told her, oh, and it was September 2013. And I remember exactly, you know, the look, the venue and everything. So I was like, yeah, you know, I don't have a business card, but I'm going to go back home and I will send you all the information and back then I didn't have any website, any business card, nothing. Yeah. So I went back home pretty late at night. I created a business card. I didn't even have a logo. <laughs> so that's why my first logo was just C Zeroal, uh, black and white. Um, and I don't remember, yeah, the, the website, like the website I, 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 I used, but yeah, I did my logo and my website overnight and I sent her an email saying, oh, this is how it works, you know, this is the process, 
I didn't really think about it. And back then, the pressure, I mean, I was very excited, but I didn't feel that much pressure. I was, okay, this mm-hmm. is what you want. This is what I offer, what I am good at. I mean, I'm yeah. not sure I am good at, but just, again, fake it until you make it. Yeah. And um, I sent her the email. She got back to me the day after saying, yeah, let's do it. I Take me shopping. Mm-hmm. And uh, from there, you know, I started looking at the competition and uh, thinking about, you know, what I could, how I could do it, do as a personal stylist in a, and how different I, like, like, you know, I thought about, oh, how could I help those people, like, in a way that is mm-hmm. my way and in a way that is different from what other people or competitors are offering. And this is how I started building my business and my services. But this is, yeah, so I got this first client. <laughs> and then I think the goal, then I got like another client, another client. But my, we were talking about driving force. And I think mm-hmm. what one of my, my driving force is to make people happy and satisfied, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, what pushed, pushed me when I started and is still pushing me to challenge myself and, and deliver the best personal styling experience is my passion for for people and I want them to be happy and satisfied and I want them to give me this smile at the end of the experience so yes yeah I mean I I genuinely believe because I I feel like I feel better about myself when I dress up which is you know, it's so easy to wear your pajamas every day in the pandemic when you work from home. Yeah. But, you know, I, I genuinely feel like if I have a lot to do one day, I put a little lipstick on, I get myself together and it really does, you know, make a difference in my day. Yes. Um, and, and I also just love that story. That's true execution. Yeah, I, I don't have my business card on me. You go make one. You you make it happen, you know. So it's like positive pressure, positive stress. Absolutely. Absolutely. You make diamonds under pressure. <laughs> um, exactly. No, no, really. <laughs> so uh, something that I guess that you touched on is, you know, you want to obviously make people happy and make them feel good with your, with your help. Um, you know, style is obviously so personal. Do you, did you used to get nervous or do you still get nervous that, you know, you, you might not be matching up with someone or is it really about finding a, a mesh with your, the right customers, I guess, the right clients? I mean, it was, when I started, the pressure was much, like, I had so much pressure, so much pressure. Mm-hmm. I think today I am happy to report that the pressure is not as <laughs> high as it was because I have more experience and expertise yeah. in the styling world, but I still have a pressure. Every time I, I meet a new client, I am like, oh, what about if she doesn't like me? Or what about if... Um, I cannot help her. Um, yes, there is still a pressure because every client has different needs, expectation, and mm-hmm. and silhouette. But um, yeah, but I think it's uh, it, I think it's positive pressure. It's something that I learned how to embrace over mm-hmm. the years, and um, most of the time, you know, I usually offer a 30 minutes consultation, free consultation to my clients. So mm-hmm. I can learn more about what they want, uh, what do they need, a personal stylist. Yeah. And um, I tell them like what I offer. I focus on sustainable fashion. So basically yes. I offer the classic personal styling services um, such as closet edit, personal shopping, outfit styling, uh, photo shoot styling. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. but I focus on a more conscious approach to sustainable fashion. And when I start working with a client or I meet a client for the first time, I am not like, okay, you are not into sustainable fashion. I'm not going to work with you because mm. as a sustainable sti personal stylist, I want to use my voice to, you know, help people understand um, the fashion industry and how to, of course, develop a more conscious wardrobe. Right. Um, and if the person is not into it at all, mm -hmm. uh, if the person is more like into fast fashion and wants to, you know, Well, yeah, shop like Zara, H&M, all those fast mm -hmm. fashion brands, it might not be a good fit. But most of the time, people are pretty open-minded and they, they really want or they are really ready to do this, you know, work to move to a more conscious wardrobe. So, yeah. yeah. I think that's that's truly a, a sign of success that you can really decide like, you know, this this client doesn't match up with what I believe and what my values are. And, and you can kind of choose who you work with. So I think that's pretty amazing. Um, but for you, did you have a moment that was like, wow, I really I really am successful at this? Like, what was your kind of wow moment for you? I think I mean, there was not like a one wow moment mm -hmm. I think when you are facing up big challenges and um, you are able to succeed like those are like wow mm -hmm. um, you know I remember one of the, of course I think the client my first client was a big challenge and it was a big wow moment when she told me she was very happy with the experience I delivered yeah um, the other thing is I remember so I usually work, I, may, I mainly work with individual clients. And I remember mm -hmm. the first time a brand came to me to, um, for a branding photo shoot. It was mm -hmm. um, Vela, the hair product. And they wanted me to style um, the international hairstyling competition, the models for oh. the hairstyling competition. Wow. And I was like, oh, yeah. I looked at the email and I was like, oh, I'm, of course, I'm not sure I can do it. Um, oh, I don't know how to do it. I think my competitors will do it better. Um, you know, all those kind of things. And I sat down. I was, okay, Shannon, do you want to take the challenge? Yes, I want. So I sat down. I wrote a plan of actions and I did it. It was a lot of time, a lot of work, a lot of energy, but I succeeded and the results were amazing. And yeah, I think it was my first big waha moment, like working on this big event. Yeah, no, that is very cool to see, you know, that level of, uh, you know, kind of reaching that level beyond just individual clients. No, that's amazing. And I guess, you know, when you have those moments or you mentioned earlier, you know, that imposter syndrome, I think, um, you know, that's something that I wanted to talk about because I think, you know, most people deal with that, but I think especially women. And, you know, that was one of the reasons that we, we kind of have this women empowerment month um, that why we wanted to have a couple of, you know, strong uh, entrepreneurial women on our podcast. Um, you know, I, I think that it's so relatable though for so many people. So how do you feel like you reframe your mind when those kind of obstacles come up where you feel like, I don't know if I can even handle this large of a project or something? I think over the years, I learned how to deal with the uh, imposter syndrome. I think it's something normal. It's something like every entrepreneur has to mm -hmm. deal with it. Um, and when you start your own business you know, you need to be ready to challenge yourself. This mm -hmm. is an 
this is a way to set you up for, for success, I think. Um, and as I said earlier, it's not, I mean, it's not easy because there is a lot of self-doubt, but I think mm -hmm. you need to remember why you are doing this. Uh, you need to remember that it's not, you know, going to be easy, more particularly, you know, as a mom and business, like business owner, there are, you know, mm -hmm. so many things you need to manage in one day and one, um, but, um, yes, like it's, it's, it's a normal thing. I think you need to embrace it. Um, I think as a mom and business owner, for example, I mean, I am very busy, so yeah. I need to set up objective. Mm -hmm. oh, pri like priority mm -hmm. my priority number one is my family and my kids this is what it is so starting from there I know that I have a limited amount of time to dedicate to my business and it's totally fine um, and yeah I know that I can take only few clients per week and maybe some of my competitors are doing it's not better. They are doing maybe three, four, five clients per week. And on top of that, they are creating some um, content for social media. They are probably mm -hmm. sending two to three newsletters per month. And I would love to do it. But, mm -hmm. you know, I decided that my priority were, was my family. Yeah. And I know I am aware that I have this amount of time for work. And I prefer to dedicate this time for my existing clients and yeah. new clients to deliver the best personal styling experience. So I think I am, you have to be realistic with what you can do and the time you have. So this way you do not feel discouraged and overwhelmed. You know, it's easy to say yeah. like the grass is always greener outside. Yeah, you know, so 100%. Just, yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad you, you brought up, um, you know, balancing being a mom. I think that that's, you know, something that obviously a lot of, of, you know, women relate to. And I think it also just holds back a lot of women from, you know, jumping into being an entrepreneur because they don't think that they can handle it. Um, do you think that it was something where you really had to figure out how to find that balance or did you always kind of know how to prioritize things from the beginning? So when I started, I was married, but I didn't have any kids. So it was easy. Oh, when, okay. I, when I told you um, I did my business card overnight, this is probably something I couldn't do today because <laughs> now I have three kids. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's like when I started, of course, I had my husband and my friend, but I could spend much more time in in, in my business, like thinking and creating. I mm -hmm. used to do, you know, two to three newsletters per month um, <laughs> and I felt good. And then with kids, you know, it changed. Mm -hmm. um, and more particularly since I moved from New York to LA, it's not the same. I don't have the same amount of time. Yeah. Um, and it's okay. It's okay. I know exactly how much time I can dedicate to my business mm -hmm. and I have my priority and it doesn't stop me to grow, uh, to grow my business. It's just different. And I think mm -hmm. priorities will, you know, change over time. You know, it's like yeah. style, you know, but as of today in 2022, this is what it is. And, you know, I am happy about it. I am happy about it. Yeah. And I I'm happy to be able to do both, like 
raising kids and doing my job. And probably yeah. maybe in a few years it will be different. I will spend more time in my business and less time with my kids. But, you know, today yeah. it's, it's like this. That's that's good because you have to remain, like you said, flexible in in your you know entrepreneurial you know type of business, and it, things are always going to change. So you have to be obviously prepared for that. Um, so I kind of want to go back to you said you moved from LA to New York, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that's when you decided to kind of add the sustainable piece to your business, right? When yes. you moved, yeah. I feel like that yes. is a an interesting and, and also bold move because, you know, you're adding another layer to your business that, you know, you, you already kind of took a risk to build this brand and now you're kind of re rebranding a little bit. So how did the transition go? Cause it kind of is, you know, kind of a different business. So how was that? Yeah. So it did, I didn't really, it didn't really start like, um, Oh, I want to rebrand my business. So I want to start, um, mm -hmm. a new business. Um, I think this is something I have been thinking a lot about before. Like when I first moved to the U.S., I actually spent a lot of time and money in the malls shopping. And I remember like back then I was not really happy about, you know, what was in store. I've, I thought like the quality was pretty cheap. And then in 2017, I worked for Anthropology in New York, mm. and um, and I did. I mean, this is pretty much when my sustainable fashion journey started because we used to have 80% off on the clothes um, at Anthropology, and I started thinking, okay, if you can give us 80% off, how much do you pay the garment workers? So I. I was very mm -hmm. interested in that, so I started reading mm -hmm. uh, books from Elizabeth Klein, which is, she's like an expert in sustainable fashion. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, yeah, I, I got in, into slow fashion, sustainable fashion, and then we moved to LA, and I rebranded my business. I wanted like a new, a new logo and a new website. And I was like, okay, yeah, I think I want to incorporate sustainable fashion. You know, I really want to, I want, really want to share my journey and my personal experience with my clients uh, by teaching them how to shop less and shop better mm -hmm. um, by showing them the importance of natural fabric. So yeah, this is when I twisted my services a little bit, but I'm yeah. still doing the same that I used to do before, but with a different approach. Yeah. But I think it's more... My personal values are more aligned with my business goals today than they were a few years ago. And I think it's yeah. very important because it's helping me doing my mission in a, a better way, I would say. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of also the tempting thing about, you know, starting your own business is you're being able to stick to those values. And I'm sure, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm sure you feel like the impact you're making not just for your clients, but like globally and in your community, that probably feels bigger than what you would have made, I don't know, in your like corporate marketing job, right? Yeah, because I am passionate about what I am doing. You know, I think I am a, I am a people pers person. Mm -hmm. I like meeting new people, um, you know, from all around the world, from different culture. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I was telling you that my driving, driving force is to make people happy. Yeah, I... 
yeah, I want to get this smile on, on their face uh, or this big, big hug. And um, yeah, I am passionate about what I am doing. And saying yeah. that, oh, I want to make women feel look and uh, feel and look good. I mean, you know, many people will say, oh, it's easy to say. But no, I really, this is really what I like doing. And when yeah. I started my business, um, I was telling you earlier, the pressure was so high. And I remember, like, I would have done everything I could to make this personal styling experience the best personal styling experience they had, they've ever mm -hmm. had. Even if most of them never had any personal styling experience they could, uh, they could compare with. But mm -hmm. I was just so into it. And I remember spending extra hours at my client's house to make the closet look good and perfect. And at the end, the client would be like, oh, Charlene, how much I owe you for the extra hours? And I was like, oh, no, no, nothing. It's on me. Uh, I'm glad you were happy. Uh, the same for the first shopping trip I planned for a client. Mm -hmm. I remember spending an entire day at Lenox Mall in Atlanta to make sure <laughs> everything was perfect. Yeah. Every, uh, and that, you know, I will find everything the client needed. Mm -hmm. And I was not paid for that because all matters to me was to deliver the best styling experience. And I wanted this client to be mm -hmm. happy at the end. So I think, yeah, when your business is driven by, you know, your values and by your passion, the impact yeah. is definitely um, bigger. Yeah. And, you know, I think that, you know, you mentioning that you invested that time early on in your business to build a good reputation, to build a good brand. And I'm sure that you still go, you know, above and beyond for your clients now. But, you know, that's that's the investing in yourself. Now you can, you know, have the luxury of, you know, choosing clients that really align with your values and, and things like that because you spent that time up front, right? Yes, and I think what um, I can really be myself, mm -hmm. you know, I don't want, I think at the beginning you want to please everyone um, yeah. just to get the business and um, I don't think I was trusting myself as much as I am trusting myself today, or well, at least I trust my skills, mm -hmm. I mean, I, yeah, I trust myself, I trust my skills and I know how much impact I can have on a client's life. Yeah. Um, so if you do not like me or if you do not, do not like the way I work or do not like the sustainable approach I have, it's fine, you know, you can, there are so many stylists out there, you, yeah. you will probably find the right fit for you, but I do not... I do, it doesn't make me feel bad, you know, anymore. Yeah. And I know I remember like a few years ago I w when a client would, you know, reply to my email saying, oh, no, I'm sorry, I don't want to work with you or was not replying at all. I would have taken it personally. And mm -hmm. today it's not the case. Like I know what are what my added value is. I know yeah. the difference I can make in your life. Yeah, no, that's that's fantastic. I think that's that's another sign that you you've really you know hit a point of success in your career. Um, yeah, thank and you. And so yeah, and, and so I just kind of want to also go back to something you were saying. You know, in the beginning, you felt a lot of pressure. I think that's super normal. Obviously, when you're starting a business, um, what do you think that you did on those days to continue? You know, and keep going because pressure can be you know very damaging sometimes if you don't have the right mindset for it. 
Yes, I think, um, oh, I think my first, you know, based on my personal experience, my first reaction was, oh, I want to run away. I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. I don't want, but then, you know, you realize that you have to, so just, you know, trust yourself. Like, you can do it. It's not going to be easy. And again, it's going to require extra time, extra work, extra thinking. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, trust yourself. You know, I remember the first time I had my transgender client. Mm. It was another challenge. Wow. Yeah. And I went to my husband and I was, okay, I'm not sure I can do it because it was, of course, different from uh, what I experimented in the, in the past. And my husband was like, stick with your mission. What is your mission? And, you know, a few years ago I was working with women and men, I was not specialized. You know, now I do mainly women. Mm-hmm. And my husband was like, your mission is to make people feel good. So no matter if it's um, a woman, a man, a transgender, just take the challenge. Mm-hmm. And I did it. It was not easy, but okay, I succeeded. And I I was very proud of, of myself. Um, yeah. So yeah, it wasn't comfortable. I'm not going to tell mm-hmm. you it was easy. Sure. It was uncomfortable uh, because I think challenges are always comfortable but um, it always comes with new strength and new skills for sure absolutely the growth is outside of the comfort zone so I mean I think that's super important to to touch on now you know you said that sometimes you wanted to run away and I think everybody feels that but did you have times where you genuinely were like I'm not sure if I can do this I need to go get a job or did that really never seriously cross your mind no, it it crosses my mind every week or every <laughs> every maybe not every week, but every every month I would say every month. Yeah. yeah, at some point I would be like, oh, maybe you know, what about if I could find a job as a stylist or you know, mm-hmm. as a styling consultant um, in a corporate? It will be easy, you know. They will tell you what to do mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, I think it will be easy, but I, I'm not sure, you know, at the end, I am like, no, I know this is not what I want to do. I know I want the flexibility and the time for my family. And mm-hmm. I know in a corporate environment, I could not get that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I think that, that that is definitely a tempting way to go for a lot of people who have, you know, gone down the entrepreneurial route. But I mean... It, I, the, I think the way that you've built your business, like you said, you have flexibility. You've already done so much work to invest in yourself. Like, you know, it's it's really amazing the point that you've come to. And, you know, something else I kind of wanted to, yeah, something else I kind of wanted to ask too is, um, you know, with the stylists you work with, do you, um, I'm not sorry, not the stylists, with the designers and the clothes that you work with, do you tend to work with a lot of um, like women run like, design companies and, and uh, brands um, to, I guess, just to, like in an effort to kind of uplift other people that are interested in the same values that you're interested in? Yeah, so I tried. It's not always easy. Like mm-hmm. my main focus is sustainable brands. So mm-hmm. whenever I build a shopping experience for a client, I will focus on sustainable brands. I will make sure that the mm-hmm. client, uh, the, the brand is pretty transparent about, you know, where the clothes are made and how they are made from. 
Um, now, yes, I had the chance during the pandemic and mainly through Instagram to connect with uh, a few women like clothing designer, jewelry mm-hmm. designer, and even other, or even like photographer or other stylist. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty, it's, it's very powerful. And um, I also, like I think about a year ago, I joined this um, a non-for-profit organization. So it's basically an organization of French women entrepreneur. Oh, um, wow. So we are all French or speak French. Um, we are based all around the U.S., but most of them are based in California. Mm-hmm. And we started during the pandemic. And it was, I mean, it changed my I mean, I'm not going to say it changed my life, but, you know, during the pandemic, like everybody, no matter if you were a business owner or like you were working in corporate, we all felt a little bit isolated. Yeah. So when I joined this organiza- organization, I mean, I felt so much relieved and it gave me confidence to grow my business again because during the pandemic as a stylist it was so hard you know um yes i couldn't visit i couldn't go to people's house i like the malls were closed at least in california Mm -hmm. my virtual services were not on point Mm -hmm. and i didn't want to do virtual because again what i really liked about my job is the connection you can have with people in person and I didn't think that this is something you could do virtually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so having all those women supporting other women was mm-hmm. really like mood lifting. And um, yeah, it was an incredible experience and it helped me a lot. Yeah. You know, I think, I think that's, that's huge. The, the sense of community and having people to lean on um, is, is very important because as an entrepreneur, I'm sure there's a lot of times where you feel like, you're alone, you know, you're your own boss, you're like, right? Do you feel like that sometimes? Yeah, like, yeah, you, you do everything. Like, as I said, you know, you do your uh, marketing, you do like, you work with your client mm-hmm. and then you need to take care of the social media and mm-hmm. your taxes and um, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, like I feel, yeah, I feel lonely sometimes and more particularly with the pandemic, I think it was even more, um, it was even more difficult, but um, again, like I like going back in store now and, you know, able to talk to salespeople and mm-hmm. I think it's getting better, but it's still, it's still hard, but you know, yeah. we, we know that it, it comes with the entrepreneur, like nothing is perfect. So I have the yeah. flexibility and the time, but yes, I might feel a bit more like alone and it, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of the challenges that, that you definitely just have is having your own business, but I think it's great that you've done, you know, things like, you know, meeting with your clients virtually, even, even if you can't meet with them in person, but also like joining this group and finding other people who are kind of, you know, going through those same, same things as you. So, you know, when you're talking about the pandemic, this is something I wanted to ask you about a little bit more when it first kind of happened and everything shut down, did business kind of come to a little bit of a halt because nobody's going out at all or, or, how did you kind of manage that? Because I'm sure that was a pretty jarring feeling. Oh, it was hard because let me tell you, I moved from New York to LA in January 2020. 20, yes. Oh, okay. um, I started working with a business coach. So this is when I, mm-hmm. you know, we work my mission and my vision. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I developed new services, services focused on a more style, sustainable approach of styling. Mm-hmm. I was ready to go, like ready. New website, everything, ready. And then the Got pandemic it. like happened. And no, for the first few months, it was impossible. Like you couldn't get out of your house. Mm-hmm. You, we were in lockdown. The malls were closed. So I couldn't do my job. People were not going. Were not going to the office anymore. They were not traveling. There was literally no business. And I was not working virtually. So mm-hmm. I was like, no. I mean, uh, I. It's like I cannot do it anymore. I cannot do it anymore. And it was very hard. Then I started working on this membership. I was okay. How can I get my business? Like, how can I run my business in the middle of the pandemic? So I started like thinking and brainstorming. Okay, I'm gonna do this membership thing um, for new and existing clients. I worked on Mm -hmm. that. It happened that it didn't work very well, and then. I thought like in September, so it was like beginning of like spring 2020. Mm-hmm. And I really thought like, by, like, you know, by September 2020, everybody will be back to the office and the COVID will be over and yeah. I will be able to start working as a personal staff. And it, it did not. So my, my husband at that time told me, I think, you know, you really need to work on a virtual like offer, you need to develop some virtual services. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no. And then I was like, oh, maybe. And then I was like, oh yes, I think you are right. So I think it's as an entrepreneur, it's important to have this open mind, like Mm -hmm. positive, critical thinking. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because today I think my virtual service is pretty amazing. I am able to work with clients from you know, Atlanta to Canada, Mexico, Wisconsin, Boston, which I was not able to do before. So, um, yeah, even from the most complicated and terrible situation like the COVID pandemic, you always have positive lessons to take it out, take it from, sorry. Isn't that funny that you were like, no, and now it's like such a successful part of your business? <laughs> no, because I, and you know, today I would say I do 70% of my business is virtual and I like it. I don't like spending hours in the traffic in LA, which is a terrible yeah. traffic, but no, at the beginning I was like, no, and no, you cannot, it cannot be no, it can yeah. be maybe I'm going to try, but you cannot I mean, you need to keep this open mind as an entrepreneur if you want to grow your business or if you want, if you want your business, you know, to, to, to be successful. Yeah. No, that's, that's so funny that it's 70% of your business now. That's, that's pretty amazing. So, and I enjoy. I enjoy. <laughs> that's so funny. I, I love that. You're right. You have to be open-minded. You have to be open to that kind of stuff. Um, so something I kind of want to ask you about was have you dealt with people's criticism, um, whether it be people who were maybe not sure if you should, you know, quit your job and start a business or maybe clients who like, I don't know, left a review that was not too nice. Um, you know, when you come across those situations, if you have, what is, what is your mindset there? How do you kind of deal with that? I think I am probably lucky, but I never had to deal with uh, with criticism, like from 
outside from competitors oh, or great. no I think the yeah I mean, I mean something nothing I remember about which was probably which probably means that it was not a big deal I think the yes. the biggest crit critic it's like self-criticism it's uh it's the biggest deal mm-hmm. you know I think my worst enemy is myself you know I think so yeah no I think that's on a really daily common. basis Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, I think so. On a daily basis, I will criticize myself. Oh, you don't do enough. You don't, you don't create enough. You, mm-hmm. yeah. I think, um, yeah. I think it's the biggest, sit- like, criticism situation I have to face. Yeah. yeah on a daily But basis. I think that that really speaks a lot to your mindset because. You know, maybe there there have been like small criticisms here and there, but they're not important. So you're just like, I'm not even going to pay attention to that. I'm not even going to remember that, you know. But, um, you know, if, if you really haven't had any, great. But, you know, I think that, that, that it, you know, your mindset is just in a place where you're like, nothing matters except for what I think of myself and what my, my clients think. And if they are smiling and happy, you know, I, I've done my job, you know. So I, I think that's that's fantastic. Yeah, I keep thinking, but no, I have nothing <laughs> I remember. No, well, that's yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> that's perfect. If I, if, I, if I have something coming up to my mind, <laughs> I will send you. <laughs> but not for now. Yeah, it's probably because, as you said, I don't care. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I know who I am and I know the value and the difference I can make in my client's life. So based on, you know, with that, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. It's, no, that's, I'm that's good. great. So I guess kind of to to wrap up our conversation here, um, you know, I, I guess what would you say to, to other women um, who might be just on the cusp of taking that jump and taking that leap into starting their business? Because um, I think so many people are just afraid. They really want to do it. But how, how do you kind of give a little bit of advice to those people? There are so many so many to, so many things to you know to say about about it but the first thing i would say is just trust yourself if you think even just a little bit that there is something special you can bring to you know potential clients um you have these special things you are very good at it's already like a big big step mm-hmm. um so yeah trust yourself and start doing it start something start writing start putting ideas uh you know like the big idea the big business plan is not gonna come overnight no this is Mm -hmm. not the way it works for nobody even you know the most successful business entrepreneurs so just you start and this is i still have the notebooks i used when i started my business and i love Mm -hmm going through it because it was so very different from what I have or what I created to today. Um, just the name, you know, and mm-hmm. the ideas, but just start brainstorming how, like, what makes you different from mm-hmm. others? Why, how can you make a difference with your service or your, your product? Um, what is very special about you? What about your journey? Like, how can you use your journey and your experience to provide something that's going to make an impact in people's life and write and write and brainstorm and share with mm-hmm. people and ask questions. And I think at the beginning, there is nothing very concrete. Like you're not going to come up with 
a book or a presentation, mm -hmm. but just like a lot of bribes and ideas. And mm -hmm. um, everything's going to come, fall in places, uh, you know, time after time. Be patient. Yeah. So trust yourself and be patient and keeping in mind that it's not an easy journey. Mm -hmm. um, it's not an easy journey, but I think it's worth it for sure. Well, great. Thank you so much. I think that there's a lot of, you know, pieces of your story that people and, and you know, women and mothers will really relate to and, and I think find really inspiring to, to go out on their own and, and start their own business. So I really appreciate you taking some time to chat with us. No, thank you very much. It was a pleasure <laughs> to be with you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Gem Series, the podcast for anybody dedicated to investing in themselves. Stay tuned for our next episode and look in the links below for resources that you can use for yourself. Until next time, this is Blake Chapman, and remember to be awesome and do awesome things. Yeah.